It's time to play like a jet with your host, Scott Mason. Play like a jet. What does that mean? I made it clear that my intention was to play, and my intention was to play for the New York Jets. Rodgers going for it all, looking to bring it open. He's got it! Lazard! Gonna go! Touchdown! Rodgers snaps it quick, scrambles to his right, pumps and runs, and Rodgers is inside the pylon! Allen has time. Intercepted! Sauce Gardner's got it, breaking away, Garrett Wilson, Wilson a big play downfield, Allen tripped up, he could not get past Jermaine Johnson, oh look at the speed of Brees Hall, he's done it again, Brees Lightning, 62 yards for the touchdown, and he's sacked again by Quinton Williams, what a beast, number 95 for the Jets, listen, this is Play Like a Jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at PlayLikeAJet1. And we are going to answer some of your off-day mailbag questions because there's no training camp the next couple of days. And so for that, we bring in our friend who's the owner, the operator, the lead reporter, the whole shebang over at JetsInsider.com. And above all that, a very big deal, Mr. Chris Nimbley. Chris, what's going on, man? I'm sure you're happy to have a couple of days off from training camp to sit in the AC, swim in the pool, and not have to carry around that patented one-gallon, very big deal Chris Nimbley water jug that I know you always drag around with you at practice because it's been very hot this summer. It has been very, very hot, and uh, you guys all know how I feel about the heat. Um, I don't need to rehash that all over again, but you know, it's been uh, it's, this training camp is nice. They, it's been broken up. They started earlier than everyone else. So they Sal has given, you know, a couple days off where we have Friday and a Saturday off before we go back on Sunday. Normally it's just like five straight days of practice. You get the Monday off and then it's like five straight days of practice. And then you start getting days off before preseason games. And whatnot. But you get a little bit more break this year. And then they got the trip out to or Canton coming up in Carolina. So this this makes uh, the training camp covering it a lot easier. Um, and then, yeah, I go there for three days, cool, drink plenty of water, stay fluid, and then I get to enjoy some golf and swimming and different things on the days off. It's not so bad. Not a terrible summer, Chris. Not a terrible summer at all. And this year, I think there's been more interest in Jets training camp than any year since the last Hard Knocks year. So it's been about a dozen years, I think, since we've seen this kind of energy around Jets practices. We get a lot of questions now because of this. I think there's more interest even from the fans in training camp in the offseason than there has been at any time since that year that the Jets were last on HBO's Hard Knocks cameras. So let's answer some of these questions, Chris. We'll start with Michael Christopher. He asks, if Becton doesn't start, which is beginning to seem more and more likely, do you think there's any chance that if he's still on the team, assuming they don't trade him, that they create some sort of jumbo package each week for red zone and put him out there and have six offensive linemen to give the team an advantage over defenses that wouldn't match up well? Also, what are your thoughts on the comments that were made by Sean Payton about the Jets? and specifically Nathaniel Hackett. And do you think it would be worthwhile for the Jets to grab George Payton, the other Payton, from Denver after he inevitably gets fired and Sean Payton muscles him out of there? Chris, what do you think about this one? I'm sure that everybody at Florham Park was talking about the Sean Payton comments. I mean, how could you not? 
right, I'll start with the Becton thing. Um, yeah, at this point, it seems like he's he's not going to start unless of an injury. And now, to be fair, especially you're talking about Dwayne Brown, that chances, you know, it's not out of the realm of possibility there. So, but I think that there's a very good chance that, you know, I know Samini said this, uh, uh, that he could, they could look to trade him. I think that would be a huge mistake because while they have made some improvements on the line, the depth is still a huge problem. And this brings me to the answer that the, Will they do do that with a jumbo package with Becton? I'm not sure. Your guess is really as good as mine on that. I would lean towards yes, but my real answer is they better. Like if you're going to not start him, you got you got to find at least ways to use him, right? I I know that they're not thrilled with him, and they haven't been and. I know they've never really been on the same page. I get it all, but you, you you're just gonna keep them. No, you gotta find some ways to try to use him. It should, uh, like so, yeah, a jumbo package makes all the sense in the world. Um, I, I would absolutely expect them to try to do something along those lines. That it it wouldn't. Like, what good does it do if you're going to keep him around to just sit there and wait for the injury? No, use him in some ways. It, he can provide value. I, 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 I refuse to believe that he holds no value on the field to them besides just a, a backup role. So, yes, figure out some type of way to use him in jumbo packages. With Sean Payton, man, listen – like it's blowhard even come close to describing Sean Payton. Like <laughs> Sean Payton, Greg Williams are basically the same guy, bounty gate and uh, all this stuff. He's going to come thumping his chest. Let's talk about the saints. Uh, let's talk about how that organization was run with him. I mean, go ahead. He's talking about the jets doing all this for PR, but like hard knocks was thrust upon him. They, that's, they didn't seek this out. They didn't want hard knocks. Sean Payton is as much a look at me as anybody out there. He's obviously sitting there trying to defend and talk up Russell Wilson, but we'll see what happens when the Broncos are garbage team again and Russell Wilson is cooked, still cooked because Russell Wilson is cooked because his legs aren't what they used to be and that was his superpower is he could run around in the backfield for 30 seconds and wait for somebody to get open and then bomb it deep he can't do that dance around for 30 seconds and sean payton's gonna find out then it's not so easy so um that's gonna come back on him uh, as far as you know bringing Patton over here i mean in some in some role i uh, he's he's gonna get uh he he's gonna have job offers with someone else. Um, Joe Douglas isn't going to be looking to bring him in here there or he's not you know you sure as hope he's not coming in to replace Joe Douglas. He'll he'll get a job somewhere else. But that that is rich coming from Sean Payton, man. There's just some people who you know you're like you're the one to talk, and I feel like that. That applies to Sean Payton on just about anything. 
Like just about anything in life, I can. I can be, you know, Sean, sh- you you be quiet there. I I can pull something to to be like, yeah, you sit down and be quiet, Sean Payne. Robert Sala took the high road, Chris. But as I talked about on the show with Robbie Sabo the other day. Billy Turner did not take the high road. He went on Instagram and called Sean Payton a bum and basically accused Payton of having buyer's remorse for taking that job and realizing that things aren't going to be so good with Russell Wilson and that it wasn't maybe all Nathaniel Hackett's fault that Wilson wasn't good last year. I will say it is kind of funny because he was accusing the Jets of trying to take shortcuts. All they really did this offseason was go get Aaron Rodgers, which is a no-brainer for a team that has a good roster and really needed a quarterback. It's the same thing that Tampa did when they got Tom Brady. It's the same thing that the Broncos did when they went out and got Peyton Manning. So it's not like they went out like the Philadelphia Eagles a bunch of years ago and bought up half the league and all these big names. It was just Rodgers. So it's kind of silly. And the funny thing about it is, Chris, if you look at the contrast, all the Jets players have been singing Rogers' praises, how good he is, how much his leadership matters, how he's taking players under his wing, how he's going out of his way to sit at the lunch table with all the different players on the team. And everybody on the Broncos seems to hate Russell Wilson. So for Sean Payton to talk about how the Jets are trying to take shortcuts when the Broncos made that bizarre move last year, not the part where they traded for Russell Wilson, I get that, but giving Wilson a monstrous four-year contract extension that they did not have to give him that had hundreds of millions of dollars in guaranteed money that now they'd probably love to get out of. And then you're watching all these guys that are throwing shade at him, players that played with him in the past, players that are playing with him now. Who could forget some of the facial expressions from some of those receivers coming off the field? We all remember the look on KJ Hamler's face. I thought he was going to storm over to Russell Wilson and strangle him right there on the spot. So you hear all these things about people that played with Russell Wilson, not liking him, him being distant, all that. Then you hear about Aaron Rodgers being beloved by all these guys on the Jets. And it's just a really funny contrast. And to your point, by the way, Chris, I'm not saying that Nathaniel Hackett was a good coach with the Broncos. He did a lousy job. I think we can all understand that. But I don't think it's fair to pin everything that happened there with Russell Wilson on him. And also say what you want to about Nathaniel Hackett. But as far as I'm aware, he's never been suspended for an entire year by the league for what would be considered disgraceful conduct in any line of work. Yeah, and and there's a lot more with Sean Payton, too. And there's Russell Wilson, the teammates not liking him, goes back to Seattle. It's, look at the, you know... All the players that used to play with him on Seattle, they went to Twitter and were just dancing on on Twitter, celebrating his demise, like reveling in it. And now Aaron Rodgers has his share of ex-teammates who will go out of their way to, you know, talk bad about him any chance he gets. Greg Jennings uh, is is one that uh, comes to mind. Uh, what's that that tight end to a uh, Jermichael Finley? Uh, they will every chance they get, they will go out of their ways to bash Aaron Rodgers. But like you said, 
none of that is going on here. And you heard like part of the reason the Packers were ready to move on from him was because Aaron wasn't putting in as much work in the offseason. He wasn't so excited to hang around with the young kids as much now. And, you know, obviously that was because they weren't willing to work with him as much. And so he like – and now he's willing to do this. Uh, he's, he's willing to come in, put in more of the work here. Um, the shortcut stuff is also funny because, like, that. first off, I mean, the Saints got good because they went and got Drew Brees. Um, and then they every year they spent just kicking the can down the road of the salary cap until the point it, be, it became completely untenable. And like, oh, okay, now this is finally too much to do something about. So Sean Payton does the, okay, I'm going to wash my hands of this. I'm going to go ahead and retire and walk away from this gigantic disaster of a mess. And then I'll take a year off and then I get to start anew somewhere else. And and you get to come down from that mountaintop, like criticizing others for, what, for going and signing one of – the best quarterbacks ever. That's that's your criticism. Is you're they're going to sign a top three quarterback in the history of all of time, and that's your criticism. All right, cool, cool story, Sean Payton. Play like a jet. Play like a jet. Sean Payton is dealing with, as you said, Chris, a cooked quarterback in Russell Wilson. I think he's lashing out. And on the subject. Of the word Cook, let's talk about Delvin Cook because we had some questions about him. He went on NFL Network and was saying that he's very optimistic about meeting with the Jets over the weekend. He thinks there's a very good chance a deal could get done. Obviously, facts and figures matter here. But if the Jets meet his demands or they can at least get to somewhere around the middle of what the Jets are offering and what Dalvin Cook is asking for, sounds like there's a pretty good chance this gets done fairly soon. And so to that end, Tristan Snowsill asks, if the Jets sign Dalvin Cook, someone has to be the odd man out. It's a camp battle between Carter, Knight, and Izzy right now to be the guy behind Brees Hall. But what happens if Cook comes in here? Who ends up being the one who ends up getting traded or shopped or something along those lines? Or what if they're all here in training camp and they all play better than Dalvin Cook? It's funny. We were talking about that before we started recording, Chris, how Dalvin Cook made a Pro Bowl last year and had good numbers on paper. But if you took a deeper look, he really was very much a product of that line with the Vikings last year. So you wonder how much he has left. I suggested to you that maybe it would be like the Ladanian Tomlinson situation where he came in here. Everybody thought he wasn't quite the same player. He had a really good performance out of the gate, had like six good games in a row. And then he started to wear down in the rest of the season. He wasn't all that good. I guess maybe the Jets would be thinking if they could get that out of Dalvin Cook, it would be worth it because by the time he would start to fall off a cliff, you would have Brees Hall back to at least close to full strength. But that is an interesting question from Tristan as far as who could potentially be the odd man out and what would happen if somehow all those guys outplayed Cook at training camp. And also, here's another one from the bus. He asks, any character concerns with Dalvin Cook potentially joining this group? There are reports floating out there. I'm not going to pretend to know everything, but it does seem kind of strange that the Jets would be looking to get this done now when certain things are still up in the air. So, Chris... With Dalvin Cook, your thoughts on whether this gets done in short order, who could be the odd man out potentially, what might happen 
if those guys all outplay him in training camp, and then the character concerns. We were briefly talking about this before uh, we started recording, and I'm just super disappointed overall in this just this story existing. Um, and I'm not naive. I know how the NFL works and how the NFL operates. I understand how it matters more than everything else, and, and um, I get it. But like, there's there's this domestic stuff going on here that like I I obviously don't know anything about. I mean, anything really about it? Just uh, what I read, and I'm like, yeah, like it feels like there's gonna gonna be some type of at least suspension possibly here, and like with all the good uh, energy and vibes and mojo around the, the team right now. You want to you want to go swim in this waters right now? Not even like wait for it to die down or wait for it to clear down a little bit. Now you want to dive deep into it, and then the other flip side of it is for a running back and for Dalvin Cook in two thousand and twenty three because Dalvin Cook rookie year, Dalvin Cook second year, Dalvin Cook was excellent an excellent running back and that guy i i'd be more understanding that teams would do that but he's not that guy anymore you look at everything when he comes out of the game madison's putting up exact same numbers if not better numbers sometimes like he's not the same guy and Okay, so your thought about, you know, go the Ladanian Tomlinson route, try to get the most you can out of him for six games, whatever. Cool, sounds great in theory, except still, like, it's still Dalvin Cook. So it's not like they're just going to be like, oh, that, he, he just lost it on that carry. He's, he's cooked for the year. Let's shut it down. No, they're still going to spend a good, like, three, four games running him into walls until they realize, oh, man, this is actually done. Um, and maybe and maybe he's not that done, but now he's coming from Minnesota with an offensive line that was good at running to, come, to possibly come here to where this is – that's the weakness of this team is the offensive line. Like, every everywhere else is uh, good right now is offensive lines, the weakness. Ah. Man, I, I just I don't I don't like anything about this. Uh and, and it's all it's a perfect storm of why I just don't like it. Why you're doing all this for this guy at this stage in his career. Also, why this all this other stuff is going on, and you got really good to keep the energy going and you don't uh, Zonovan Knight is still here. I know like you don't want to. You want uh, some type of insurance to bring Brees Hall back slowly. I get it all, but Dalvin Cook, I don't think, is 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 really the answer for it. But uh, as far as the odd men out, if they go this route, I think it's probably Michael Carter. Um, just uh, obviously the the they like Michael Carter and they want to use him, especially in receiving role. But there's durability concerns, and obviously there's durability concerns with every running back, but there's more durability concerns with him. So if you're going to look, they're obviously keeping bright grease. That's not – that's obvious. Um, and then you got the the rookie, Izzy. Hey, stick around. 
practice squad at least, but it's just they're going to look at it and say, okay, Michael Carter is the biggest liability here. He, he could most likely to miss time with injury. Well, maybe we can get something back with him, a fifth-round pick or sixth-round pick or something. So I think if they sign Cook, that would be the case. But I think, I think you should – Really just be content to keep Michael Carter and the other guys there. I, I just don't see Dalvin Cook being that much of an upgrade over Zonovan Knight at this point. I, I really don't. Next question comes in from Mike Dervjanic. He asks, I know it's early, but from what you've seen at camp, do you have a pro comp for Jason Brownlee? Current players, size, speed, and such. Full disclosure here, I... Before I showed up at training camp, I knew nothing about who Jason Brownlee was. I, I didn't watch a single uh, play or rep of him in college. Um, so what I've seen from him on the sidelines is is all I've seen from him and know of him. I know I'm going to end up going and looking at measurables or looking at tape, and it's going to be way off. But uh, when you're reading the question to me, I got a Stevie Johnson uh, popped into my brain. Uh, you know, the old Bills receiver. Uh, the, the one, remember, the one that beat Revis on that 12-yard catch and then everybody was acting like Revis was just a bum now all of a sudden? Uh, that's Stevie <laughs> Johnson. Um, so I, I'm i probably going to end up getting off this pod, go look at measurables and be like, Woof, whoa, I don't know what I was thinking there. How'd that happen? But uh, that's what popped into my brain when when I was uh, when you read that question. Uh, I, I, I again, it's it's hard to answer that without having actually looked at film because that's how I, that's how I'm watching all the other pro players, you know. So that's how I'd be drawing the comparisons. Otherwise, I'd have to look at basically just the Jets players to do the comp there. But that that's where my brain went. Well, Chris, you don't have to look it up because I did it for you while you were talking. Jason Brownlee, six foot two, two hundred pounds. Stevie Johnson, six foot two, two hundred seven pounds. So size wise, it certainly fits. All right, yeah. Now I will. I would before I am going to you know bang my chest on on that comp there uh, or, or tout that I will need to see a little bit of him on uh, his college tape before I could see if there's anything you know style wise that matches up. But that, that's what came to my head, uh, just watching him run and, and make a couple jumping catches. And I was just like, yeah, I'm just some Stevie Johnson in there. Next question comes in from CP7NY. He asks, who do you think starts at right tackle and left tackle at this point, And who will be the backups? I'm going to go ahead and predict that uh, Dwayne Brown uh, there at the left, Max Mitchell at right. I would like to just sit here and pause and to uh, not even go back a year ago, go back like a year and then like a week or two at this point in training camp. And I was sitting here saying, listen, guys, this Max Mitchell guy has to play. Oh, boy. Watch out. This is going to be bad because it was a rough start to training camp for him last year. Uh, and right now I'm like, yeah, this guy's going to start and I think he's going to be fine. So that, that's a lot of progress there. Um, I think that you'll have those guys there and then you have Becton as kind of a, a, a jumbo swing tackle, unless they trade him. you know, they, they could go to that trade. I still 
think it would be a huge mistake because of the depth. Um, but yeah, so they, I think that they would probably end up sitting there saying, all right, we'll, we'll go with Becton as a swing tackle. He, he would be the backup in either spot. Like they, you know, probably prefer him to be the backup in one spot, but I, he's the very clear next best option at either of those spots unless they want to try to you know go back to moving uh elijah vera tucker around and i know they don't want to do that chris nimbley the owner the operator the lead reporter the whole shebang over at jetsinsider.com and above all that a very big deal thank you so much for coming on and answering questions with me really appreciate it we'll do more of them tomorrow unless of course dalvin cook signs with the jets then want to do some sort of breaking news episode but otherwise we will answer your questions while we continue to keep an eye on the Dalvin Cook situation. In the meantime, check out everything Chris is doing over at JetsInsider.com. Check out everything we're doing at PlayLikeAJet.com and the Play Like a Jet YouTube channel. Awesome All-22 breakdowns on our channel. So watch those videos and subscribe if you haven't already. YouTube.com slash PlayLikeAJet. Visit our store, tpublic.com. That's T-E-E-Public.com. We've got the John Franklin Myers, Quentin Williams, Bless You Thank You shirt, Play Like a Jet logo shirt, caps, mugs, hoodies. It's all there, tpublic.com. That's T-E-E-Public.com. And be sure to give us a five-star review for the podcast on iTunes if you haven't done that already. Easy way to help out the show if you like what we're doing. It doesn't take you much time. doesn't cost you any money, but it goes a long way to help us out. So if you could go ahead and do that for us, we'd be quite grateful. And for the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcasts and content, you know where to go. That's play like a jet digital and play like a jet.com. <laughs>